Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Round the Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Sidney Moncrief, Lee Mayberry, Joey Devine, Corliss Williamson, Gennaro Pargo. John Keen, Alvin Robertson, Todd Day, Isaiah Joe, special guest Ducky Sinister, Patreons, Queen Automandius, thank you Queen, Will Eusebio, thank you Will. Kevin Solkowski, thank you, Kevin. Musical guest, Capital Offense, featuring bass player Mike Huckabee, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back. With a brand new episode, I'm here, as always, with America's Uncle Dad, America's Uncle Fiance, uh, comedian, writer, uh, raconteur. He's in the raconteurs with Jack White. It's Sean mm-hmm. Keen. Sean, how are you? Uh, steady as I go, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm recording from beautiful Orchid. California in the middle of the central coast. And I'm in uh, like a businessman's office Mm -hmm. recording right now. Do you see all this wood, the Uh, darkness? 
Well, our listeners don't they see can't. it, they but can't. I they tell see them, it. Yes, let them yeah, know yeah. it's classy, and there is a framed Robin Ventura autographed Yankees jersey on the wall because he is also from here. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, Robin Ventura, baby. The Grand Slam that wasn't in 1999. I only ever think of him getting punched in the face. Um, all yeah, right. that's true. Uh, also, <laughs> Joey, the, the one other thing we should mention about Robin Ventura is he kept the White Sox from making a wonderful decision that we would have loved. He was hired instead mm-hmm. of Paul them Canerco. going with player manager Paul Canerco. Player manager is my dream. I hope I see a player manager or a player coach before player coach I die. would be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um shouldn't Jason Kidd have done that in Brooklyn? Uh no, he didn't want to he would they uh maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're I, right. I mean the first yeah. the first time. Byron not Scott now. was their coach. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um all right, we've got to get to our guest real quick. We have the first uh <laughs> the first half of our show here, an author. A poet, a stand-up comedian. Look, earlier I referred to Sean as a raconteur, but that was sort of sarcastic. Our guest today is actually a raconteur. He wears many hats. Uh, it's our friend Bucky Sinister. Bucky, how are you doing? I'm 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 doing well. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, I um I, I'd say like I hadn't done stand-up in years. Um when, when pandemic hit and everything shut down, I so you did, do I feel better not doing stand-up comedy? Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I, I definitely do. Should yeah. I should I continue this? And then you know the pandemic ended, comedy started back up, and uh, yeah, I found out the feeling was mutual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't back either. So I think Sean is the only one who actually offered me a gig. Uh, that is the- true. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, uh, when I when I do my album release show, if you'd like to perform on it, I'll give you a little more advance notice than the right. last time I tried to book you. And I was like, "Oh, this is in yeah. ten days. Can you do this?" Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was one of those things where you think about like, should I break up with someone? And then they just don't call you. Yeah. Like, I think this is what I wanted, but I still feel kind of bad now. Yeah. Like I didn't think this was going to be a long term fit, but I, I wanted to go out on my own terms. <laughs> Well, on the plus side, though, you not doing stand-up has led to you writing another novel. Bucky, why don't you tell our listeners about what your new novel is? Well, yeah, the one you're referring to is a a memoir. Uh, uh, It's called To Fear and Love Bambi Lake. Uh, If you lived in San Francisco during a certain time, you you, you know, Bambi was notorious. And uh, we, we met in 1989 uh at this at the world's i don't know the most low low rent dive bar gay bar called the crystal pistol Mm -hmm. um over on valencia street (laughs) and uh it was a filthy place and (laughs) we met over there and uh became fast friends and we hung out a lot for like the next 12 years and uh you know, just got into a lot of trouble together. Uh, she was the uh, transgender uh, nightclub singer. And, uh, but we both, I don't know, we just, our, our personalities were just like a perfect match. And uh, we just became really good friends. And uh, so I just wrote a bunch of, uh, baby died uh, 2020 and at the age of 70 from cancer. Um, and And here's the thing, as far as I know, she never quit living like at full tilt. Like, <laughs> I just don't ever think she did, you know, and, you know, when I was at my worst, uh, 
like around 30, 31, just really like hammering the drugs and alcohol, like on a, you know, professional level. You know, she was like 20 years older than me and like keeping up with me. And I never saw her like I saw her have a lot of tantrums. Um, you know, she got arrested twice. Um, but like I never saw her like pass out or throw up or anything like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know how she did it. Like she was just kind of an icon. And, you know, and I, and I wrote this thing like like San Francisco had a lot of just real kind of like street celebrities, like people who were famous for like a, in a neighborhood, like mm-hmm. they were famous for a couple of blocks. <laughs> you know, it's like we may not even be famous on the other side of the bay. And she was definitely one of those people. And you, you know, I I just felt like I had these stories that you know I wanted to share. And she was never really like big time enough for me to get other people really interested in publishing these stories. So I'm like, well, okay, I'll just start this publishing company and this is this is exactly the kind of projects that i want to do where it's like this is a story i want to tell that was really important to me and to like a really small group of people and you know just to kind of save the the local history you know of san francisco and the scene and everything uh that's great so where can our uh loyal <laughs> listeners buy the bambi lake book bucky well Funny you should bring that up mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because I have a Kickstarter. I'm a real right Byron Allen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a Kickstarter <laughs> for the hardcover copies, right? Yeah. Yeah. For, on the Kickstarter, like, you'll have a chance to like uh, to purchase a hardcover copy. I'm not going to produce these at all. Like once the Kickstarter is over, I will have a paperback copy, a little soft cover. Um you can find uh, details at buckysinister.substack.com. That's the easiest thing. You can find the Kickstarter from there, or you can just search Kickstarter for it. You should be able to find it. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to have a release party uh, at Medicine for Nightmares in San Francisco uh, on February 24th. But right now I'm still tr- in the crowdfunding stage. So I'm hoping to you know get, get people to, you know, contribute to that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a small Kickstarter. I just don't want to, Hardcovers are like really kind of not cost effective to make if you're not making a huge run. Mm-hmm. So like basically I'm I'm making these and sending these to people a little bit above cost. And, uh, you know, so I don't want to I don't want to make a run of hardcovers and have them sit in my garage. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, yeah, I yeah, wanna, yeah. Like, OK, if if, you know, so I think really the minimum I can make is 100. So, yeah, it's basically I got this. I a very achievable Kickstarter. I've already got a, a good contribution going and uh, just hopefully look at, look him for that round ball rock bump. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's huge. It's huge. Ask anyone. Ja- ask Jad's dad, Milo about yeah. what the round ball bump can do for that's <laughs> oh, our book, friend. Yeah. You can look at that. You can get that at mouse house books. Stop plugging another book. When oh, I'm trying to plug, plug Bucky's book, uh, Sean, Bucky. we can't be plugging competing books. Yeah. Are people uh, allowed to subscribe like, at your Substack link? Yeah, yeah. You just go to the Substack link and subscribe. Like, look, free subscriptions help a lot. Like, you know, it really now, like all the big publishers are are really looking at, like, you know, a writer's Substack and TikTok numbers. And, you know, if you guys can help my Substack become really successful, I won't have to start a TikTok. Please. I'm 54 <laughs> years old. I don't want to do that. Like, I just, really would like to leave that to the age appropriate people for whom it was made. Uh, and uh, yeah, don't the world does not need me. Who's, 
basically like a a bachelor bachelor uncle or maybe like a divorced PE coach or something. <laughs> I don't know who my demographic kind of is, but uh, yeah, the world doesn't need me on TikTok. So please subscribe to my Substack. You know, keep the world safe. Well, I will say, Bucky, you know, TikTok might need someone like you to tell them that Osama bin Laden wasn't correct. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah. that's what was happening last week. Um, oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, he wasn't correct about what, Joey? Um, well, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think they I just maybe think uh, I don't I don't want to get into that. Um, and you can find my Bin Laden substack at bushdid911.substack.com. <laughs> A lot of great links out there. Um, and every Tuesday is Chemtrail Tuesday. <laughs> there probably um, is a subset called Bush did 9-11. Uh, now that I, I've, now I that mean, I've said it out loud. Um, <laughs> all right. So the first thing we want, wanted Bucky to talk about is so Bucky, you are a, uh, a strong man, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not only do you have the brains, you also have the brawn. You're a kettle you do competitive kettlebell lifting. Yes. Um yes. We wanted to talk about and this came up with uh when Mr. Beast started to um uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when Mr. Beast started to uh uh, when he was doing the when his chocolate company was announced as being the Charlotte Hornets uh, jersey patch, uh, you wanted to talk about to us about a couple of strongman YouTubers, correct? That uh, oh oh yeah, yes. you know like like God, okay. There's this whole generation of YouTube influencers now that grew up watching YouTube, mm -hmm. right? And if if I can relate this for all the old people out there. It's kind of like, you know, the first wave of punk, like, wasn't made by punks. It was just made by weirdos in art school, and they had to <laughs> kind of form what punk was. So you go to CBGBs, and it's like the Talking Heads, the Ramones, and they didn't grow up listening to punk. It wasn't there. Yeah. And then, like, there was this next wave immediately in the early 80s that came up of, like, of, of musicians that were into punk. And this is what's happening with YouTube. So it's like there are the new YouTubers. They grew up only watching YouTube, really. And uh, – you know, they the first generation wasn't influenced by other YouTubers. That, and, you know, now now it is. So that's where Mr. Beast comes from. You know, he was about 11 or 12 years old when he started his uh, yeah. YouTube channel. And, you know, that's been, you know, you can literally watch him grow up on these things. And now we're seeing that in the fitness world as well. Um, the the big influencers right now, as far as they go, they're, uh, there's these two guys, uh, the Trend Twins. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. that, that are are like overtly and you know just telling everyone they take uh trimbalone the uh uh the you know the the ped mm -hmm. uh and they're sure. huge mm -hmm. and they're they pretty much have the uh uh the personality of like the jersey shore guys but like they make the jersey shore guys look really small they make them look like <laughs> no these guys are huge and there's another guy named sam sulek and he's also like in his early 20s and he's a monster. Um, and what's going on now is is um, basically like like young people around, you know, 19, 20, 21 are all taking steroids and mm -hmm. huge stacks of them and talking about what they take. Um, yeah. And it used to be that like you know, someone like Ronnie Coleman would uh, be natural, 
win a couple of bodybuilding comp- uh, competitions, get his pro card. And then once he turned pro, then he would start taking steroids. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like. That was the level. And now it's just like, well, if I want to monetize my YouTube channel, I need to get huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's getting used. <laughs> right, right. There's that. And then the other way it's gone is like, you're either a huge young man or you're a cute young woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lean beef patty out there who's also generating tons of uh, of views. And she is just, uh, you know, a young kind of like someone who looks like they would be into like anime or mm-hmm. like, an e-girl. Kind of like you a, can a young, say yeah, it, she's, she's, she's an, an e-girl, girl. but she's actually a P.E.B. girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's actually like like Natty, but, you know, she, she does uh, – these simple workouts, but it's yeah, it's I I think it's just guys looking at her ass. That's what mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> look. I mean, well, a lot of a lot of internet innovations are basically driven by looking at an ass like that yeah. Yeah. in both good and bad ways. Like people on the internet also like looking at a terrible ass too. Like that's mm-hmm. that's more early internet, yeah. but yeah, that don't don't rule out the. I mean, that's kind of how we've driven most advances in photography for the last hundred years, I would say. <laughs> so yeah. Bucky, which of these uh YouTube strong people should Round Ball Rock be trying to get to sponsor the show? Because again, I announced oh. it earlier, but I'm gonna announce it again. If you are a popular YouTuber with some kind of uh sham product you want to sell, sell it mm-hmm. on Round Ball Rock. Well, let's make a deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't really like honestly the, the professor has a huge YouTube channel now mm-hmm. from uh, the and one mixtape. Yeah, he does. Oh. Yeah, he dresses do? as like Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in in schools, guys. But he's like, you know, like 40. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still doing it. Um, there are a couple of others I, I, I want to throw in there. Um, one of the first guys to kind of figure out like YouTube uh, fitness was this guy, Rich Piana, who uh and he kind of had a he, – he was technically a pro bodybuilder, but he never really got anywhere. And he was just, you know, just never really quite what the the pro competitors wanted. So he thought, uh-huh. well, you know, F it. I'll just get really huge. And, uh, you know, the pro bodybuilders, they want some kind of, like, balance to your body. Mm-hmm. And, and he was just like, nah, screw it. I'm going to just get, you know, freakishly huge everywhere. And, uh, you know, he, he just got covered in tattoos and he was, he did his YouTube channel and he was the first one to really openly talk about steroid use, which I think is why all the young people are kind of modeling their thing after his, but he also dropped dead at like 41, mm-hmm. just kind of fell over one day. And <laughs> he was like, and the doctors were like, pretty much everything is wrong with him. <laughs> when, they, when they did the autopsy, it's like, yeah, everything just kind yeah, of escaped. all of it. All of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And uh, the other thing I used to follow a lot was this guy, Callie Muscle, um, <laughs> this uh, really just this enormous black man uh, from Oakland uh, mm-hmm. who uh-huh. uh, f- at, f- at first was doing like prison style workouts in Lake Merritt, mm-hmm. uh, where he would, you know, these crazy pull ups and, and things like that. Uh, and then at some point, he, um, just decided he figured out that like we you know when he went to buy a new car he'd get more views so he just mm-hmm. stopped working out on camera and just started buying rolexes and things mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> then he, he also had a heart attack from all the steroids use 
And uh, that's when he came clean about it. He was actually, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I just put in a lot of hard work. And then he almost died and he went right on YouTube and said, uh, you guys, I've seriously taken a lot of steroids and everybody was collectively knew it. Uh, but now other things like, uh, he did all, oh, he only ate watermelon for several months. <laughs> uh, I think it was two months of only watermelon and then, uh, you know, dropping weight on that. And then he did a water fast and things like that. And he, I think at some point he's going to try breatharianism, but I'm not sure. It's uh, so weird that YouTube now, um, incentivizes longer videos so much more oh yeah because it used to be that you tried to like kind of get your be be concise because people had attention spans and now you can really just explore the uh workout influencer space for quite some time oh yeah and youtube wants it like longer yeah a question for you bucky do you think all of these uh, strong strongman YouTubers are mad that they don't have the name Mr. Beast. And oh, that yeah. Mr. Beast belongs <laughs> to a doughy man who's like, ah, I'm a Jimmy. I'm Jimmy. Hi. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you hear of a band name, like five for fighting. These guys are going to be like hardcore. Like, and then you're like wait, what? <laughs> you know, happens a lot with band names. It's like, yeah, that that band name should have been for like some kind of metal band, right? And like, Mr. Beast, it's like, oh, we we locked the guy in a store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. He's also a million bucks. I learned a little bit about him, and that he kind of came to his fame just by promoting a bigger YouTuber. Like he was like a a, a PewDiePie super fan. I guess that's how he like made his name. Yeah, like these guys are all like, you know, it's 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 like how like in in one of the comic books they'll throw like another they'll throw the Punisher into a Spider Man storyline, yeah, create the Punisher and things like that, and that's like Like helping him get over, you know, all kind of in each other's things, and yeah, he kind of came up and got famous with other bigger ones that you know. It's just ridiculous, but yeah, Mr. PewDiePie is like a bat had one week where he was like a backdoor pilot for the Mr. Beast show, basically. Look, yeah, yeah. here's what I'll tell you. Uh, YouTube is a bad is a bad thing that I watch all the time. And there's only one good YouTuber and his name is Steve 1989 MRE <laughs> info and he eats old MREs. Um, oh, wow. That's Have you ever seen that guy? His username is all oh, of those yeah. words. Yeah, it's Steve nineteen eighty nine MRE info. Yeah, I'm um, guessing he's thirty four years old. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, four years ago, I mean four days ago, <laughs> he posted twenty twenty one Danish twenty four hour freeze di- freeze dried ration review cold weather MRE taste test. Um, he just does eats... he do does he do anything except taste testing the MREs? No, he just eats MREs and very the, old ones. What's the oldest one you've seen him eat? Uh, whoa, there was one where he ate. Hold on, what is the oldest? It, he ate like a hard tack from a Civil War ration. <laughs> wow. Um, All right, Joey, which NBA player would you say embodies the spirit of Steve nineteen eighty nine MRE info? Uh, well, he's really Does he have reviews boring. in the name? <laughs> um, he's really boring, but in a funny way. He'll be like, every time he goes, nice. That's what he says after it gets made. Nice. Um, 
So I, who's it's like Tim Duncan. He's like Tim Duncan because he's it's like very effective. So and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, his biggest video. Yeah, his biggest video seven years ago, two point five million views, is called. 1863 American Civil War hardtack, oldest cracker ever eaten, military MRE food review tasting test. That's, yeah, I mean, that is like Tim Duncan. Because when Tim Duncan would trash talk people, he'd just say things like, watch this. Yeah. I wonder wonder who's the oldest cracker that Jeffrey Dahmer ever ate. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Um... (laughs) So anyway, Steve, 1989 MRE info. If you're listening and you want to sell some MREs, do it here at Round Ball Rock. Uh, Again, we are looking for a YouTube sponsor. Guys, um, before we talk, we get to the the thing Bucky wanted to talk to us about. I have one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Have you guys seen... That James Dolan is deposing Adam Silver in his lawsuit against the Toronto Raptors. That is tremendous. Like there is there's no NBA figure that's been involved in more lawsuits. And that is counting Isaiah Thomas Um, (laughs) because Dolan is constantly getting sued and yet suing even more Mm -hmm. than he is. So. Just before we before we get to this deposition part, just to be clear, uh, James Dolan is basically suing every lawyer in the tri-state area uh, mm-hmm. who has ever had legal business with any MSG, a, a Madison Square Garden related entity, and is also being sued by most of them uh, because he's also using creepy facial recognition technology to bar any of his critics or affiliated opponents he's also had to pay out hundreds of millions of dollars in settlements over fraud related to the las vegas sphere Mm -hmm. and i believe he is being sued even like for new things related to the cost overruns on the fraud now he's suing the toronto raptors Mm -hmm. uh because a coach that the raptors hired took a took some date some second spectrum data when he got uh-huh. hired away from the Knicks. Um but the funniest thing that happened, guys, is uh so before he filed this lawsuit, James Dolan resigned from all of his positions on the board of Gov- governors influential advisory finance and media committees. And here was his quote. Quote, given all that has occurred lately, I've come to the conclusion that the NBA neither needs nor wants my opinion. It took him this long to learn that. Um. Uh, and, and I want to point out, we briefly mentioned him. The author of Jad's Dad, Milo, has done us a favor and has written a blues song featuring that quote. So here's oh. that right now. Here's John Wilms as James Dolan. Thank you, John Wilms. Uh, 
uh, buy Bucky's book on his Kickstarter, then buy Jad's dad Milo from Mouse House Books. And um, check out that song on James Dolan's uh, new album, uh, Sphere Wrangler, where he pretends to be from the Old West yet again. Yeah, that gives me like really bad open mic flashbacks. <laughs> there was I ran an open mic for seven years in San Francisco, and um, there were guys that would come, it was, it was kind of a poetry open mic, but there were guys who would come in there, um, who we knew weren't welcome at the music open mics <laughs> because they were horrible, and they're like, Well, hey, it's an audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the yeah. only thing we could do really is to heckle them really badly. <laughs> Sometimes that would work. Now, what? Now, uh, Bucky, could you, um, maybe, maybe read something in poet voice for our listeners if who are unfamiliar with what poet voice is? Oh, sure. What? What should that be? Maybe um, pull up like like a just an NBA rule of any kind. Um, NBA official rules. Let's see. Okay, this is um this next poem is called Rule Number 10, Violations and Penalties. Section one, out of bounds. A player shall not be the last to touch the ball before it goes out of bounds. <laughs> Penalty, loss of ball. The loss of ball is awarded to the opposing team at the boundary line nearest the spot of the violation. Exception on a throw in, which goes out of bounds and is not touched by a player in the game. The ball is returned to the original throw in spot. And that's like one type of um, uh, poet voice. There's uh-huh. another that's just like uh, then there's the kind of like a, maybe the slam poet voice, which yeah. is slightly different. Um, this section two dribble. A player should not run with the ball without dribbling it. A player in control of a dribble who steps on or outside the boundary line, even though not touching the ball while on or outside the boundary line, shall not be allowed to return inbounds and continue his dribble. He may not even be the first player to touch the ball until he has reestablished a position in bounds. Yeah. <laughs> That's more of a near Rican vibe. I had a, yeah. I had yeah, a yeah, girlfriend yeah. in college. That, that kind of like really the fast easy. patter style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really like it, it started on the East Coast and then probably at the New Yorkian Poets Cafe, like is it, and, and then kind of made its way. Uh, yeah, the first one's more like a yeah, kind of that the, the kind of workshop uh, MFA poetry voice. Yeah, I remember you. We had a game sometimes when we would watch uh, slam poets and try to figure out when the first time someone would refer to their genitals in one of those, and it oh, was yeah, usually yeah. about ninety <laughs> seconds was about the max. Like, my flower, my sex, my body, feeling your body inside my body. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Right. Sorry to get so blue. I didn't mean to work blue on this one. It's a holiday um, podcast. All right, Sean, do you want to talk to Bucky about his hilarious SI piece he sent us? Yes, uh, this is this is great. Uh there is an article from I believe this is 1986. Hold on. It, it, it is 87. I'm I I couldn't really tell. It's by it, Jack it, McCallum. Uh yeah, from Jack for Sports Illustrated. But this yeah, is, no, oh, yeah, this is early 1987, early yeah. 1987. Okay. I'm going to read, and it is about how college coaches are losing their minds about the NCAA <laughs> adding a three-point shot. Uh, and uh, I just want to talk about, yeah, here it is. Uh, here's the opening paragraph by Jack McCallum. 
Over the last month or so, a monster has been terrorizing college campuses throughout the land. Known as the three-pointer, it sounds like something out of a bad B-movie. Not since Attack of the 50-Foot Woman have we, have we been so certain of a monster's dimensions. This one measures 19 feet 9 inches. It cannot be brought down by heavy artillery or by the love of a beautiful woman, but it is remo- vulnerable to paint remover. It doesn't stalk cheerleaders or prey upon fraternity row wiseacres. Rather, it blows its hot, lethal breath on basketball coaches, recognizing them, no doubt, by their agonized expressions. Uh, yes, the old coaches, it is, I have to say. Some of them are is, new coaches now. Some of them are new point, coaches. At this point, like, Coach K no, yeah, this in is young Coach K. is, like, <laughs> Coming off really his first Final Four. This. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is, it is just wild to think about this because it's like uh college it is crazy to remember i mean i kind of missed most of this but coaches have already been just on their heels because a year earlier than this uh the nca has finally added a shot clock which comes 32 years after the nba added a 24 second clock the the NCA adds a 45 second clock and people like Dean Smith and Bobby Knight are just beside themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. OK, so sometimes when you see Michael Jordan's college stats, you kind of look and you're like, he's not really scoring that much. It's weird that they have Michael Jordan. Well, the reason is that North Carolina would get like a four point lead with four minutes left in the game. And then just pass the ball around for as mm-hmm. long as they could until somebody got fouled. Essentially, Michael Jordan, because of his own coach, was basically playing like 34-minute basketball games. That was like the mm-hmm. whole game. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah, that yeah. happened until 1985. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But you need to like that that is something that when you read about like college basketball games, take that with a grain of salt. The coaches a like fundamental strategy was how long you could just pass the ball around the perimeter as a, as a, as a part of winning basketball. So they, that now, now college uh, finally has a 30 second shot clock and that took until 2015. Uh, it was actually 45 seconds until 1993. So some of these great players uh, were really fighting um, everybody's reluctance to actually play basketball or shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, there was even uh, accounts of uh, earlier uh, in in basketball or the games that would be like, you know, 27 to 23 <laughs> because, you know, no one would do anything and no one would really foul on purpose either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, especially when you look at uh, players like Marcus Haynes, uh, who ended up playing for the Globetrotters, um, he, like, he, could, he could really just keep people from ever getting the ball. No one could really take the ball yeah, away yeah. from him. Uh, and it, it became like a like a like a kind of a a, a, a globetrotter staple that back when they played actual teams, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know he would he would just you know play for a long time. Just the other globetrotters would sometimes sit down on the court, and just <laughs> dribble, and no one could get the ball from him. And that uh-huh. was kind of what basketball was yeah. for a long time. Well, it's um, like you know that famous bird versus magic championship game. The uh-huh. final score of that game was 75 to 64. Oh yeah. Which in 
when you consider what Bucky just said, maybe that's a little bit why people were like, this is the greatest basketball yeah. game I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. They cracked the mythical 70-point barrier. They thought it couldn't be done. Uh, yeah, that was uh, the 79 season in which uh, uh, Larry Bird also beat uh, uh, Sidney Moncrief's Razorbacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Sorry, to sorry to bring yeah. that up, Bucky. <laughs> well, you can you can was, see some. You can. I see was about some... nine, but it was like kind of the first time I was aware of oh, like my team like losing a big game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. You know, and I, I really kind of wasn't. I was just you know, like I was at someone's house. We were like playing in the living room while the game was on, and all the uh-huh. dads were watching, and we were like playing with like action figures and stuff, and and I just read the whole room just got really dark and dour. Like, what happened? Did you, you know? guys know that game is still the highest rated basketball game of all time? Of, oh, the, of uh, any the, kind? Of, yeah. of any kind, yeah. Huh. Uh, the no, estimated no audience for that game, the the uh, the 79 championship game, was 40 yeah. million people. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, well, it just really, at the time, this was also like a, a pre-cable era. Like, this is how old it was. Like, a lot of places didn't get cable until the early 80s. So you you had what was on the networks, and you know you might not even get one of those channels in clearly. Uh, it was a seven. It was a weird time for TV. TV that just re- was horrible. It was so bad, and it definitely like sports <laughs> are the best thing on. And uh, yeah, that was the thing. It was like, well, I I wonder what would the other two channels were showing at that time was, but it was <laughs> well, probably like mod or something. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Hello Larry. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm just going to read you a couple of uh, NCAA final scores. The legendary uh, Michael Jordan and James Worthy, Sam Perkins, North Carolina team beating Georgetown. Uh, That one was 63 to 62, Mm -hmm. which is like basically a normal halftime score in the NBA right now. Um, the, The game before North Carolina, the year before, lost 63 to 50 in a blowout. Uh, and then you've also got these uh, the classic North Carolina State upset of Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, that game finished. Um, that game finished fifty four to fifty two. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a <laughs> lot of scoring. And then there's an insane. Yeah, the the legendary Villanova upset is 64 mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And then there is a bizarre, incredibly high-scoring game that goes 83-79 to 79, where Danny Manning's Kansas Jayhawks win the Oklahoma Sooners. I feel like maybe Oklahoma's coach had not adjusted to the shot clock yet mm-hmm. because uh, he played his starters the entire game. Well, they well, just, they just I played just the whole game. It up. Do you want to know the final score of that Jimmy V game? Was the uh, the one where he's running around on the court? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 54 to 52. 54 <laughs> to 52. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And in, uh, and in the uh, so the uh, the Oklahoma box score in that in that in that loss, uh, Dave Seeger, Mookie Blaylock, and Harvey Grant played 40 minutes. Uh, Stacey King got a lot of rest uh, playing 39 minutes, and they they went with uh, reserve Terrence Mullins, gave them seven minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a little tired, I think. Yeah, Kansas, Kansas basically won 
by just being like, you know what? We'll let Scooter Barry play nine minutes. Why not? He can <laughs> yeah. probably do something. His dad's a Hall of Famer. Even Danny Manning rested for four minutes. And uh, maybe college that. Teams, <laughs> college teams back then, a lot of times they, they would only carry like seven players in the tournament. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> like um, it, 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 you know, it's made of five starters and two backups. Like for real, like that's, you know, and so you'd sell these things and like, yeah, everybody's playing like, you know, like you look at like the the Larry Bird games, he's playing 40 minutes a game. Yeah. Well, he had yeah. to because he was the only actual good player on the team. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Bucky, um, what do you think is the thing that will scare college coaches next? Oh, wow. Uh, I Yeah, it could be. um. I don't know, man. I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you, you know, is it I, the alley oop? Is it's the alley oop, right? Or it's this these Victor Wembanyama style tall guys, right? That can dribble. That's going to scare uh-huh. them next, right? They're going to have to wear like heavy shoes. Yeah, or like something. Coach Calipari is going to have to is going to be like, oh, you mean I have to tell my center he uh, like that he's allowed to dribble the ball and shoot it instead of just like boxing out, uh, which is again, what he told DeMarcus cousins, cat and uh, bam Adebayo that they weren't allowed to touch or dribble the ball. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say. I, I think really like with the, a lot of the technology coming through that, you know, there'll be some kind of thing where they want you uh, to wear some kind of Google glasses or whatever during a game and you know and i think the coaches will definitely stop at that and then uh you know there's probably going to be some some people who break uh out of out of high school that are not on aau teams but are are just like you know kind of tiktok basketball stars Mm -hmm. and they have to recruit some kid who's like good on tiktok you know Mm -hmm. Uh, just i i see see it more like that i don't know what other rule changes they might have, but, uh, you know, yeah, just definitely something about like, just kind of like that culture thing of, uh, it, you know, just coming out of a different social media presence or whatever. Um, and Sean, do you want to read some of your favorite quotes from this? I would like to this, read some of my quotes uh, uh, of this coaches being scared of the three point line article. Uh, yeah. Co- Coach K sounds like uh, he's 100 years old at this point rather than the 212 years old he is right now. Um, they say he considers the monster a threat to America's Puritan ethic. He says yeah. you should have to work hard to get a basket uh, because he played under Uh There's a coach from Dayton named Don Donaher. I mean, there's a reason that guy's angry all the time. His name's <laughs> Don Don. Um, to me, it's just like a game show. In this world we live in now, we're into wild thrills. And then the the coach of TCU, Jim Killingsworth, says, if you pick up a paper today and read that they can't find me, I'll be over on the Trinity University Bridge with a rock tied around my neck. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of these guys have freaked out. The the best quote from a player is that Reggie Miller just brags about how easy three-pointers are now, uh, which is very funny. And then... um, UNLV comes back from 21 points down to win the preseason NIT. I don't think that does that even exist anymore. And they beat uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, the Western Kentucky coach says, I just hope the rules committee comes to its senses and allows college basketball to return to sanity. And then American hero 
Jerry Tarkanian, the coach of UNLV, says mm-hmm. if he gets beat by it, the coach ought to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> there was a um there was a sports writer named Ring Lardner, who uh, is also one of America's best short story writers. Uh-huh. And he wrote a piece for the New Yorker, I think in the uh, 20s, about how Babe Ruth was ruining baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, hitting home runs uh-huh. and like you know what happened what happened to the drag bunt yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know it before like babe ruth came along the, the home run record was some like 29 home runs or something yeah like. yeah yeah he was well, just and- annihilating things he was actually swinging for a power swing and you know his uh it, you know people loved it uh people wanted to see it turns out people enjoyed seeing someone do something incredibly hard and yeah when you used to see these um you know early baseball the second baseman is often like a batting champ and sort of like not really that athletic a guy because Mm -hmm. your third baseman basically had to be a shortstop because he was fielding like five bunts a game yeah so for a long time like the third baseman who led the league like uh the a's had a guy named home run baker mm-hmm. and because he was like it was so unprecedented to see a third baseman you know it's like a like a little life basically a shortstop playing third and and home run baker i mean he had a year where he hit 12 home runs in a season mm-hmm. and so <laughs> literally they just call him home run baker his name I don't actually know what his real name is. Oh, it's John John Baker. But even his like official baseball reference page is like home run Baker. Couldn't yeah. get enough of those dingers. <laughs> he finished with 96 of them in just a 13 yeah. year career. Uh, I mean, he didn't lead the league in home runs four times. I'm not yeah. knocking it, but the total number of home runs he hit in those four seasons was 42. Yeah. So yeah, it's like every time there's like a an innovation in any sport, you know, they <laughs> there's a lot of people who say it's ruined. And you know, I know there were like a lot of people in pro football who uh didn't like the forward pass mm-hmm. and that <laughs> ruined the integrity of the game. You know, and it's just kind of unreal to think about now, but you know I wanna say I believe Teddy Roosevelt heavily lobbied for the legalization of the forward pass because like 20 people a year would die in the Ivy league, just playing football Yeah, because you just yeah. beat the hell out of each other. And I'm sure people were like, well, I, I won't watch a single more game. It's all harness racing and bare knuckles boxing for me from now on. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was also like a lot of people who were upset that, that Dylan started playing an electric guitar. Yeah. Right. Well, the most famous one of those people is actually Pete Seeger. Although who apparently grabbed a fire axe to try and chop the uh, the sound booth up yeah. when Dylan started playing the electric although, guitar. Although Pete Seeger claims claimed later that the mix was just terrible and that he didn't really care about the electric mm-hmm. guitar, but there was so much feedback. He's like, I ruined it, Bob set, but. That's a lie. Know. That's a lie. Jeez, All right. Man. Uh I think that's our that's our time with you, Bucky. Sean and okay, I have to go great. through every team for our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Uh thank you so much for coming on, Bucky. Bucky, once great. again, where can our uh listeners pre-order your book? I I would suggest that people go to BuckySinister.substack.com 
Uh, and then you'll find uh, Kickstarter information on there, or you can search Kickstarter either way. But uh, please subscribe to my to my Substack for free. It helps. Mm-hmm. And could you um, also tell us where to buy your delightful novel, uh, Black Hole? Oh yeah, Black Hole is like you know that was published by an actual publisher <laughs> in yeah. New York. Uh, so it's available everywhere. You can go buy that on uh, Amazon or or at your local indie bookstore. You can ask them to order it for you. It came out in 2015, so I doubt they have it on their shelf, but they'll <laughs> order a copy for you, and you can get it there anywhere you buy books. It's really good. I have read it twice. Oh, really? Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Thanks, Bucky. You're the best. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh. All right, Sean. You know what episode it is, right? It's a tradition unlike any other. Mm-hmm. It is our pre-Thanksgiving episode, which means, Sean, you took half the league. I took the other half of the league to figure out what each team is thankful for this Thanksgiving. Just like that annoying thing your mom always does, where she makes everyone go around the table mm-hmm. and say what they're thankful for. Sean, you had which divisions? Um, we split it up. I took the Atlantic, the Central, and the Southwest to give us an even mm-hmm. geographical split, whereas you got the Southeast, the Northwest, and yep. the Pacific. So we each get an ocean. We each get a West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Sean, why don't we start with one of yours? And let's okay. do – let's start with the Atlantic Division. Sean – what are the Boston Celtics thankful for? They're thankful for Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, Svee Michaliak, uh Kristaps Porzingis, SPF 50, the Plessy <laughs> versus Ferguson Supreme Court decision, and the lack of washcloths in NBA locker rooms. They like white people in Boston, Joey. Yeah, I, 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 got, I thought that's what you were going for okay, there. Okay. Um, Sean... What about the New York Knicks? What are they thankful for this year? Joey, the New York Knicks are thankful that the sex robot from the sphere is occupying James Dolan's attentions in Las Vegas, so he can't mess with the team. Uh, also, he has so many sphere-related lawsuits that they've kept him from attacking the New York City legal mm-hmm. community, and that means that Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes do not have to hold the sphere balloon at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> um, Great. Uh, what about the New Jersey, the Brooklyn, I almost said the New Jersey Nets, Sean, what year is it? Uh, the uh, Brooklyn Nets, Sean, what are they thankful for? Uh, they're thankful that there's plenty of leftover Wolf and Shepherd casual men's shoes still sitting in the team offices for last minute holiday shopping. Also, they're thankful that Kyrie Irving will not be delivering his annual speech about how Pilgrim's landing on Plymouth Rock was a myth because the world is flat and you could never cross the Atlantic Ocean like that. Mm-hmm. Sean, what are the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers thankful for? Uh, well, they're actually thankful that Nick Batum brought everyone gifts, red wine, striped black and white shirts, and expensive cigarettes to celebrate French Thanksgiving, which actually happens the second Tuesday of November. Uh, and Sean, what about finally... Our neighbors from up north, the Toronto Raptors, what are they thankful for? Uh, They're thankful that Coach Darko does not have a band, and unlike former coach Nick Nurse, has not written and performed a catalog of what he calls Thanksgiving carols. (laughs) 
Um, Sean, where do you want to go next? Let's go to the Southeast Division, Joey. I'm Um, ready. Joey, what are the Atlanta Hawks thankful for? The Atlanta Hawks are thankful that this is the first year John Collins isn't there because it made Thanksgiving dinner very awkward that everyone wanted him not to be there. Yeah, that was that was rough. Uh, okay, well, how about uh, the Orlando Magic, Joey? Uh, the Orlando Magic, I did a player-specific one. Um, Jonathan Isaac is thankful he can start talking about the war on Christmas now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay, uh, what about the Charlotte Hornets, Joey? Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are thankful for absolutely nothing because Thanksgiving is a good thing for good people and people who defend Miles Bridges don't deserve to have it. Yes, uh, he's terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Let's go to some, maybe a happier team, the mm-hmm. Miami Heat. Jim, uh, what are the Miami Heat the thankful Miami for? The Miami Heat are thankful for the unlimited supply of hair gel and Pat Riley's contract uh, stipulations. <laughs> um, I like that. Look, uh, had a hard time with that one, going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, by the finally, way, did you see? Oh, by the way, did you see Jimmy Butler's skyhook? Any of the footage of I that? I did not, Sean. He uh, he shot a skyhook in the lane. It's not really that memorable, except as he shoots it, he goes skyhook. It's pretty good. And I think I wish he just would keep doing that. Fade away. Um, okay, <laughs> and finally, what are the Washington Wizards thankful? I for? did another player-specific one for this. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Poole is thankful that none of the Wizards are punching him in the face, even though they all want to. <laughs> I like that. I mean, that's that's something to be grateful for, I gotta mm-hmm. say. Um. All right, Sean. Uh, let's go to the Central Division. What are the Milwaukee Bucks thankful for? Uh, Joey, the Milwaukee Bucks are thankful that Dame Lillard has never released an album of holiday raps. Oh, uh, we have a similar one for another team coming up shortly. Uh, just a warning. Um, what about- also, oh, also, they're thankful that um, Giannis Antetokounmpo brought them all moon pies because mm-hmm. he's never tried them. He likes uh, trash American food, Joey. Um, all right, John, what about my favorite NBA team, the Indiana Pacers? What are they um, thankful for? They're thankful, they're thankful that uh, owner Herb Simon let everyone play paintball in one of his abandoned malls <laughs> while Rick Carlisle played piano in the courtyard. Uh, what about the biggest bummer team there is, the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, they've lost 12 in a row, Joey. Uh-huh. Um they're thankful for James Wiseman's eloquent Mandarin language pregame motivational speeches, <laughs> which are 95% just apologies for how he played in the previous game. Uh, if he played at all. All right. What about the Chicago Bulls? Uh, they're thankful for Alex Caruso's leadership in the Thanksgiving kitchen, his physical presence, mashing potatoes, sticking right to the oven as pies bake and harassing the turkey with constant basting. <laughs> and finally, Sean, the Cleveland Cavaliers, what are they thankful for? They're just thankful that Kevin Love's not there angrily shoving side <laughs> dishes at Darius Garland and Chetty Osman because he didn't get enough touches of the drumstick. I mean, to be fair to Kevin Love, it was Colin Sexton he was mad at most of the time, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. He did not want to live in sex land. 
<laughs> I mean, he was almost sixth man of the year once Sexton was gone. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, all right, Sean, where do you want to go for next? Let's stay. Let's stay in that region, I guess. I mean, the most equivalent areas, I guess, the Northwest Division. Okay. Joey, what are the Minnesota Timberwolves thankful for? Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are thankful thankful that Thanksgiving is a day no NBA players will release a podcast pointing out that no one defended Rudy Gobert when Draymond <laughs> Green tried to murder him. <laughs> I mean, they they look. Draymond was in the wrong, but do they have a point? A little bit. Uh, also, Carl Anthony Towns was trying to help him. He's just bad at helping people succeed at things. You know what I mean? It's not really the will was. The, I'm just well, not, saying. I think yeah. every NBA player podcast has been like, "Cat's a bitch." Oh no, no, it was it was really rough. It was really rough. Like, like when Paul George is questioning. I mean, people like Paul George, I guess, but I don't know, man. <laughs> it's rough stuff for the a guy. Pat who, again, Beverly one is incredible because he was like the leader of that team two years oh, yeah. ago, and he's like, "Cat's a giant cat." How yeah, dare Pat, he not punch Draymond in the face? Pat Beverly will just say anything. He is definitely getting hired by ESPN. He had a quote where he was talking about how bad the Magic were because, like, they had three players on NBA, on ESPN's top 100 yeah. ranking. And I was like, you were just on the Bulls, which had four. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry. Sorry to detour our thankfulness. Uh, the Denver Nuggets. What are the Denver Nuggets thankful for? They're just Joey? thankful Mike Malone gets to be drunk again, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, did you see his ejection? I did see his ejection. <laughs> it was so funny because um, sometimes you'll see like a baseball manager who's going to get thrown out. But that's different because there's only one technical in baseball and you're gone. Rick Carl. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Mike Michael Malone. Malone went out there and walked towards the ref to complain and just didn't even break stride. Like he got a technical <laughs> four steps later. He got another technical five steps later. He was in the tunnel heading to the locker room. It was like, I've never seen such a complete like, yep, this is happening. Well, uh, you have seen it though before, because uh, don't forget Don Nelson has admitted to getting kicked out of games on purpose before, because he wanted to go drink beer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it felt it was just weird that Mike Malone was in motion the entire time and like didn't. I'm sure he said something terrible, but it wasn't like it was just a weirdly non-confrontational like I'm just going to walk at this ref and then he's going to eject me and I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, so he ended up watching the game with Luca. Um, OK, uh how about the Oklahoma City Thunder, Joey? What are they thankful Well, for? Sean, the Oklahoma City Thunder are actually thankful because they, this year, are the most thankful team in the league because they are the only team that has an actual pilgrim on their team. <laughs> Have you seen Chet's beard? It's a Plymouth Rock-ass beard, dog. Yeah, he didn't, you know... <laughs> He, he should didn't be fall. Playing he didn't games. fall to the yeah. thunder. The thunder fell on us. Wait, he that's... should be forced to be playing games with shoes with buckles on them. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Miles Standish ass center. Yeah. The only thing that can stop Chet Holmgren <laughs> is the witch. That's right. A witch with two, where the W is spelled with two V's. All right. Um, 
Sean, um, I assume you want to hear about the Utah Jazz next. I do want to hear about the Utah Jazz next, please. This is one of the only basketball ones I picked. They're thankful for Keontae George. You want to know why? Uh, Because they don't have to pretend Taylor Horton Tucker is a point guard anymore. (laughs) One of the strangest things that a team did for a year and a half and even the Lakers fans life. were like, oh, he could do it. He could do it. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's weird. It's weirder that Jeremy Sochan is doing it. But this whole season is like a prank that Coach Pop is playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then finally, uh, what are the Portland Trailblazers thankful for, Joey? They're, they're happy they don't have to pretend Dame's new single, Dame's Giving, is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the, he's the worst rapper. Um <laughs> Um, all right sean the southwest division i want to go from the bottom up this time what are the san antonio spurs thankful for joey they're thankful for the river walk the most beautiful destination on in the southwestern united states where there's churro stands every 50 feet and you can visit the manufacturing plant of pace picante salsa (laughs) i assume i assume I heard the Riverwalk is just 20 HEBs next to each other. Uh, yeah. And also, uh, HEBs as far as the eye can see. Yeah. The other thing they're thankful for is that uh, by rule, the Spurs Coyote now has to wear a series of bells on his ankles to warn passerby that he might be in the area. It's great. He's a maniac. Um, Sean, I can't imagine the Memphis Grizzlies are thankful for anything, but what do you think they're thankful for? Well, they are thankful that, by rule, Sean Morant is no longer allowed to threaten the team for hours with a traditional Pilgrim-style musket. <laughs> I don't know why they ever allowed that, but... Uh... Um. <laughs> and also, he would always t- try to make the theme horny thanksgiving and i was like come on man <laughs> steven adams doesn't want that um what are the pelicans thankful for uh they're thankful that at the team dinner zion will have plenty of soda which comes from his own bathroom where he poops <laughs> um i, I want to talk about uh the pelicans court nba court real quick the uh yeah <laughs> Um, that's the only good one. That should be their court all the time. That should, court well, is I mean, insane. their regular court looks crazy, and yeah. the tournament <laughs> court's better. The yeah. tournament court looks the voodoo themed court. It rules. I love yeah. it. Keep it. Keep that one forever. The haunted mansion ass <laughs> court. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like they, it's clearly buried on us. It's clearly built on a cemetery with all yeah. the things that have happened. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. The Houston Rockets, Sean, second place in this division. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're allowed that Emi Odoka is not allowed to even make eye contact with anyone else's girlfriend. <laughs> and finally, Sean, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they're thankful that the health department has expressly forbidden Mark Cuban to inject the team's turkey with Botox, and Pants DJ is not allowed to have any role whatsoever in the preparation of food. Um, great. All right, let's head to the Pacific. All right. Uh, Jimmy, what are the Golden State Warriors thankful for? Actually, let's do that last. Um, we do it last. Okay, we'll do yeah, it first. sure. We'll- 
No, no, okay. whatever you want to hear. Okay. Uh, let's see what the Sacramento Kings are thankful for. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are thankful that Damas Sabonis learned how to spatchcock the turkey from Draymond Green this year. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure, stomping on it is unorthodox, but it comes uh-huh. so much quicker now. Yeah, well, that's good. That's nice to know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. Uh, what are the Lakers thankful for, Joey? Oh, they're thankful that LeBron hasn't figured out he can use the Taco Tuesday voice to say Turkey Thursday because oh. he's too busy pretending to like football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a what a fraud. Turkey um, Thursday. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you well, you actually can trademark that one no one yeah. <laughs> no one else wants that one you go nuts buddy you know the wall is back joey did you see that i did not see it it's chris i Harvick don't know still who's hosting host. it <laughs> we're gonna find out right now i'm sorry i know i know this is not what we're doing right now uh season five of the wall wow it's been i, I guess it's been back uh for a while uh, it is still there's a there's a Spanish language version of the wall, which mm-hmm. I assume is called La Pared. Mm-hmm. Um, it it appears that Chris Hardwick is still hosting. Incredible! Wow, what the just the quietest uh, game show host in the world? Yeah, um, cannot to, don't want anyone to know that that cancellation didn't fully stick. I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Joey, what are the LA Clippers thankful for? Um, the Clippers are happy that today is the only day of the year Paul George insists on people calling him Pilgrim P. Oh, well, that's that's nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, I, it's not the only thing they're thankful for, though. Uh, admittedly, there is one positive about eating Thanksgiving with the Clippers, and that's uh, at the end of their big dinner, everybody has their own toilets. <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> uh, all right, what are what are the Phoenix Sun, Suns thankful for? Joey? Oh, they're thankful for um, that this year they don't have to beg their seven foot center to stop playing video games and come eat Thanksgiving dinner with the rest of the family. <laughs> I mean that that is tough. Um, uh, all right, and finally. Mm-hmm. The Golden State Warriors. What are they thankful for this year? Honestly, Sean, nothing. This team is miserable, and I don't even want to think about them. I talked about them today on Canadian radio, and <laughs> uh, at the end, the last question was, "Where is Clay Thompson playing next year?" And I mean, the be- my best prediction was the United Arab Emirates somehow. <laughs> Like it's gonna be one of those like Neymar deals where, mm-hmm. and he's gonna he's gonna really light it up there. I gotta say, I, I mean, think Clay can... Clay had his best game of the season last night, uh, and in the post game press conference, Steve Kerr still was just talking about how he needs to play better. <laughs> I mean, I I looking at it, I'm like, man, they. Betting on yourself and like playing out the season instead of taking the extension sometimes sounds really good in theory. Uh, he, has, he has not earned himself a lot of money this year. Joey. I mean, he is yeah. earning $40 million, but for future money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Coming back on a mid-level exception. 
Um, Sean, finally, what are you thankful for? Oh, well, I'm thankful for Tyrese Halliburton. I'm thankful for Tyrese Maxey. I'm thankful for Tyrese the actor who's given us <laughs> so much joy <laughs> in the past films. But most of all, Joey, I'm thankful for the Round Ball community. Uh, we get to meet so many nice people. We've had such great support from everybody on the Discord, which you can join for just $3 a month on patreon.com slash roundrockpod. But just all the people we've met, our friend, our friend Keith Parrish, the NBA's best Twitter account, our friend Dave Dufour, our friend John Wilms, our friend Corbin A. Smith, all the people we got to meet. Katie Heindel. I guess Katie Heindel, our friend Katie Heindel, mm-hmm. um, our friend Bob Silverman. I'm not, I'm leaving out some people. You're leaving out lots be, of people. I'm leaving um, out lots of people that have helped us, but I just, I really enjoy the Discord round hall community, the basketball community, everybody who's been nice enough to come on our show and tolerate our nonsense. Yeah, um, thanks, guys. Uh, now Sean asked me what I'm thankful for. Joey, what are you thankful for? The video game Alan Wank 2. All right, that's our <laughs> show. Uh, <laughs> Sean, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I guess if you're in Elk Grove on a Saturday the 25th, I'll be there. I'll be at Rooster Tea Feathers the first weekend of December. And at the Sacramento Punchline the first week of January with the great Shang Wang. Get your tickets soon because they've already added two shows because five of them are sold out. Love Shang. Uh, One of the funniest yeah. men in the so world. So good. Um... Oh, and then also, you know, Giants Baseball Insider. Yard Barker, Golden State of Mind. Um, and then, uh, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter, at Frankie Muniz, where three days ago, I retweeted an account called NASCAR Man, uh, which tweeted a clip of Jeff Gordon and Frankie Muniz appearing together in an episode of Spin City. <laughs> yes. And I retweeted it and said, 26 years ago, maybe one day I'll be his favorite driver. Wow. Um, we can only hope, Frankie. Yeah. Um, I did I did write a song this week, Joey. Oh, great. What was it, we have Sean? a new one. It, this is one that's kind of for no one at all, I have to say. <laughs> it's, a, it's a modern lover's song called I'm Aiden. And it's okay, about uh, DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> Um, that's great. That'll be playing under us shortly. Trust the process. Trust the process. And shut it down. Uh, I am definitely thankful for Alan Wake too, but I'm also (laughs) thankful for everything Sean said and meeting all of you. And I love you all very much. Bye. Bye. I started this 2K game three times already today, but I... I took my controller, I put it back in place, I put the headset in my face. I still don't know if I should have signed the office sheet with Indiana and leave the playoff race. So here's your chance to send me to Portland and wish that I had never even asked for a trade. I saw you make a deal last year for Hippie Kevin. 
I had to tell Monty, okay, I can't do pace and space. So the song today concerns Hippie Kevin. He's always stoned. He just smoked an eighth. I read Woj today, explained the deal for Hippie Kevin. I told Monty today, I don't wanna play this way. Say he's stoned. Hippie Kevin. Now get this, I ate and I want to leave this place. Now look, I like KD. I like Hippie Kevin, but I'm eight, and I own a used to do black face. I said I'm eight. I'm eight. I'm proud to say. And he's wearing a big beat brace. Now I've watched James Jones around here. I've watched him deal for guys who are always hurt. You know, like Bradley Beal. Look, but if these vets they really aren't lame then why did they get blown out in elimination games why always choking like they did bong rips well i'm eight and i'm in a bad head space i'm certainly not stoned like hippie kevin I'm eight, and I wanna leave this place. I'm eight. Oh, and they call me Dominating. My 2K skills are commonplace. All right, Rip City, what do you say? I'm eight. Tell Chauncey Phillips now. I'm eight. Oh, tell Joe Cronin now. I'm eight. Yeah, I'm eight. And Tusk is my new favorite place. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.